Hello and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For this show, we usually have three co-hosts, myself, Hunter Sagona, Sean Rimkunis, founder of the podcast, and our friend Mary Haddix-Hermans. However, today I'll be flying solo. Sean, Mary, and I all believe that people have a playlist that make their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, and everything in between. Today, we will be talking with returning guest Hanif Lawrence and his top 12 tune picks. From strict scientific disciplines to the passionate artistry of music, Hanif Lawrence has worked his way from one end of the spectrum to the other while sharpening his skills as a conductor and vocalist. Music is what keeps me sane, Lawrence often says, and there has certainly been no shortage of it because he has focused on making meaningful music that audiences everywhere will appreciate. This Jamaican-born musician holds a Bachelor of Music from Alcorn State University in vocal performance and has prepared ensembles and conducted choirs in the United States, parts of Europe, and the Caribbean. In May, he will graduate from the University of Southern Mississippi with his Master's of Music in Choral Conducting. Within the next few years, Lawrence intends to engage in doctoral studies where he can unearth, perform, and publish the music of Jamaican composers to help preserve the art form, while making authentic Caribbean music more readily available to wider audiences. When away from the podium, Hanif can also be found building the arts in a variety of ways. Most recently, he was featured, he was a featured presenter at the Mississippi American Choral Directors Association 2022 Summer Conference in Oxford, um, where he delivered his presentation From Score to Stage, the Performance Practice Considerations for African American Spirituals to Music Educators from Across the State. Lawrence continues to support and contribute the artistic community through his work with other organizations, including Festival South, Opera Mississippi, the International Performing Arts Institute, and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS New York. So with that being said, off we go to Hanif. Also, after the episode, please check out Hanif Lawrence's YouTube playlist attached to this podcast. Thank you. All right, and we're back with Hanif and his last two songs on his playlist. Um, and Hanif, I gotta say this this last this uh, number eleven on this list, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it's Lonely House um, by Court Vile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Court I believe it's from uh, Streets. Was it Street Scene? Right. Yes, Street Scene. Uh, performed by Christian Hoff, and it's a different kind of piece from the rest. There's something different about it. It's got this like dirge-like piano part, but I don't mean that in like a bad way because sometimes dirge is just used for like negative. Um, really intense. The singer portrays it really intense, and it reminds me of the early 1900s like parlor pieces. Mm-hmm. Almost like art songs. Um, I don't know if you know the pianist Dana Suisse. When I saw her name here, I said, let me go look this up just in case. Just to see, mm-hmm. get a point of reference for, for where you're coming from with this comment. And I do agree. I listened to, uh, was it a Jazz Nocturne that came up? Okay, yep, that's one of hers, yep. Yeah, Jazz Nocturne. And it really does sound like the same, a very similar style to Lonely House. 
Yeah. I might I might actually try and find more of that music because it was really good. Her the, her nickname, they called her the they called her the girl Gershwin. Um mm. she was around the same time. She had a writing partner who I think was, you know, more known than her at the time. But she was really popular, but never really became a household name. She had a piece called The Afternoon of a Black Fawn. And it was it was like a jazz interpretation with a little bit of a different melody of Debussy's Prelude d'Apridun. Um, Afternoon of a Fawn. Medvidun Fawn. I forget the French name. Yeah, mm-hmm. Afternoon of a Fawn. Um, so if you get a chance to listen to that, that's really cool. But anyway, this piece very much bears that style. I'm glad you agree. And um, what did you pick? What did you uh, what called to you about this piece? Is it? The performer, because you like this particular performance, or is it the piece that you like? Lonely House, uh, like so many other things on the list, represents a period in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, this was when I was deep in voice study. I was a voice major when I came across this. I had a friend who performed at like a a parlor concert. It's funny. We mentioned parlor song. Yeah, yeah. A parlor concert. And um he performed Lonely House, and I was just, I, I, I fell in love with the piece immediately. I said, this is so good. Mm-hmm. I need to sing this at some point in my life. And then in undergrad, I was maybe a sophomore when I heard it, and I was like, I need the score. So I got the score, and I held on to it. But uh, my voice teacher was like, let's not do that just yet. Let's work <laughs> on the rest of your rep and keep working on technique, um, and we'll get there. And I did get there. So by the time my senior recital rolled around, he said, what do you want to do? I said, Lonely House. That was the first Lonely House. Here it is. And so <laughs> I have to have it, it right here. Have, right here. We put it on the recital. And I mean, I've, I've, I've been milking Lonely House ever since. It is a fantastic piece. Um, the, I actually watched all of Street Scene because I was like, hey, it's like a, it's an opera, but it's like an opera musical crossover. Yeah. They've often said that musical theater is, um, is opera, the opera of America. And I'm very inclined to agree. Yes. Very much so. And this is one of those pieces because Lonely House is an aria that Sam, the lead character, sings um, in Street Scene. And the dirge-like piano entrance and the chords, there's some cluster chords that you hear that repeat in the introduction. It's supposed to represent the sounds of the city around him or outside his apartment. Because he's talking mm-hmm. about, he's in his apartment by himself or he's he's in... Yeah, a space by himself in his apartment, hearing all of the sounds of everything happening around him, his neighbors, the staircase creaking, a baby crying, and you hear the sounds of New York happening outside his window, and the piano kind of creates that imagery. Um, it sounds mysterious, it sounds menacing, it sounds like it gives a sense of foreboding that something is, you know, lurking. That's what it does. And it's just such a colorful piece that it demands so much. It sounds simple, but it's not simple because right. as a vocalist singing that melody, if you know this song, every phrase that you sing is higher than the phrase that precedes it. And so you end at one place in, in, in your voice and in the next phrase starts a little bit higher and then it climbs and it stops and the next phrase starts higher and continues to climb. And it's, it's a challenge. But mm-hmm. it's such a stunning piece. It allows such a broad range of emotion. It gets very intense at the end, um, at the climax, and then there's just this release. It's it's a fantastic piece. It's such a great aria, and it represents so much of the work that I did when I was um, a voice major. I mean, 
officially a voice major when I was working on my bachelor's degree in voice and even working on my master's in choral conducting, I was still taking voice and Lonely House was one of the areas I wanted to keep working on. Um, it represents that time, all of the work I had to do to get to a place where I could sing it and sing it well. Oftentimes as a voice major, you learn rep that does not sit well in your voice at first. You learn it, <laughs> and as a, as a young singer, you learn it and you know the notes and you know the rhythms, but the voice, it doesn't settle in the voice just yet. You, it, you have to work it in. Some people, you have to sing arias for four or five, six years before it actually starts to take hold and you do it um, extremely well. Like you can sing it well, as a student, but you're not going to sound the same way after singing the same wow. aria for six years. And Lonely House was, was one of those for me that it just it just got better as it sat in my voice. And it when I sing Lonely House, it gives me everything from musical theater vibes to opera vibes to emotion. And I can be all dramatic with it. And it allows for that kind of dramatic weight and diversity because it's like a crossover opera musical it can be done in either context and it's still appropriate so right. quid file street scene lonely house a1 quality mm -hmm. definitely it was a very cool piece um and i saw another recording of it i forget who the guy was was it hadley handley john handley something like that uh mm -hmm. famous uh famous singer and yeah. his interpretation was different but it was very cool um the last piece on your list is um, cum laude ego canto. Mm -hmm. um, not my best Latin, but I speak Italian. So um, they're like, well, it's close. Um, so it's uh, Richard, um, is it Burchard? Burchard. Richard Burchard. Mm -hmm. Okay, Richard Burchard. Yeah, that's easy enough. Um, by the Southern Chorale. Um, and what it, you know, th this obviously has a, another um, spiritual connotation to it. And um, what is this song? First of all, what does the title mean? Okay, so the title means, With Praise I Will Sing. Uh -huh. Cum Laude was actually commissioned for Gregor Fuller and the Southern Chorale um, for, a, for the, uh, their um, 2020 appearances at the Jeju International Choir Festival in South Korea. Um, and also the Southern Division. Where of all the Jesuits Choir are. Association. <laughs> all the Jesuits. And also to be performed at the Southern Division ACDA conference. But, of course, COVID tore that apart, so I don't think that uh -huh. premiere happened. But uh, Cum Laude was right. So commission for the Southern Chorale, um, Richard Burchard, a friend of the program here, wrote that for Dr. Fuller and the Chorale. And thankfully, we, though they weren't able to premiere it at the ACDA conference, they did do it in Jeju, because that was early in the year, like January, before everything started to, to shut down. Now, the text... Um, I saw in the notes here, we were wondering what the text really meant. The text comes from two places. I actually have the score here looking at. So, oh, hey, you're getting it fresh. Convenient. Yes. Um, it's from, they're all, it's all biblical text from James chapter 5, verse 13, which um, is, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. More text comes from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, which is, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And this piece is just, it's one of my favorite pieces to perform with the Southern Chorale. Um, because one, it's written for us. We have a lot of music written for us.
songs um, to perform, to premiere, to record. And this is one of my favorite pieces. I was lucky, I was lucky enough to see the chorale perform this before I came to the, um, the University of Southern Mississippi. I was an audience member like two or three times when they sang this. And um, it, it, it's a, it's an experience. I was levitating when I when they finished right? <laughs> for this piece. You're just lifting out of your seat. I was out of. I was in. I was on. I was in the spiritual realm. I was in the, the avatar state when they finished. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole different experience. Like who they do the chorale does this thing where um, I say we because I'm not, I'm in a chorale. So we stand around the audience like we we encircle them and. We have signature pieces that we do in that formation for different reasons. But the way Cum Laude is written, it's full on DVC, S-S-A-A-T-T-B-B. So it's the full eight part. And even within that texture, there's still additional DVC. And we have maybe 60 voices in the ensemble. And so we stand in a circle around the entire choir and we sing. And the the piece goes through so many different um, moods, so many different changes. It's constantly building and there's so much... There, there's a lot of counterpoint and there's still a lot of homophonic sections in places and it's very intense in terms of in terms of tuning and getting each sonority to ring correctly and be well balanced and that creates all of these overtones that just fill the space and i've seen so many audience members when we perform this because we're standing around everyone they take their phones up and they'll like just try and go around the room but <laughs> others will just sit down and close their eyes because there's nowhere to look you just have to bask in it yeah and when the song is finished because it, it comes to such an emotional climax there's a release but also it it does end on a high and when you get that final cut off the sound rings in the space and then there's this this overwhelming sense that no one wants to break that silence with applause, yeah. but eventually someone does. And then it's just rapturous after that. That represents so much of my experience in the Southern Quran and doing my master's here in conducting at the University of Southern Mississippi. I was introduced to Southern Quran in 2011 when they came to Jamaica on tour first and I heard them. And at the time I was studying something else. I remember, I think I was doing my master's 2011. I was finishing my architecture degree. Um, and I heard this music and I was still singing in choirs at the time, but I said, this is a different sound. I've never heard a choir sound like this. Years later, I've come to find out it's about tuning and, and, and the level of balance and the level of care taken in, in crafting the music and the releases and getting everything so crisp and making ensuring the singers are singing in such a way that the voices achieve the uh, the best blend but still in a healthy way and so right. that was music that was a, a style of singing i had never heard until i heard the southern chorale and i said wow one day i hope to sing with this group and then fast forward um five years and i was at alcorn looking to hopefully come to southern after my undergrad and then yeah 2020 in the midst of covid I got here um, to study with Gregory Fuller after meeting him in 2011. So that was that was crazy. More than 10 years later, and I achieved the dream of coming to sing with the Southern Chorale and learning, improving my musicianship just more than tenfold in terms of understanding how choral music should sound, what makes it good, and 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 just right. performing at this level. Um, Cum laude represents that. 
there's so much other music we've done. We've done music by Estonian composers, music by Latvian composers. We've done music by Brazilian composers and, and American composers as well. We do a balanced program of music from all over the world. And there's it's not necessarily the most difficult piece. I mean, not every choir can pick up cum laude and do it successfully. They can try, but it's not the easiest piece or the most no. approachable piece. Right. Um, but we've done music that's also much harder um, at a much higher degree of difficulty, and we've been able to be very successful at that. But cum laude is it's it's one of the flagship pieces. I will never tire of cum laude. I'll never tire of hearing it. I'll never mm -hmm. tire of singing it. I hope one day we can we can have a grand combined southern chorale and stand around the largest auditorium and have Greg Fuller conduct us through cum laude one more time because I I don't know. That's what needs to be playing. There needs to be a choir singing that when I get to heaven. Because if it's not, I'm just going to turn back. I was just going to say, you're like, you know what? I'm not ready. When, you, when you've when figured it out, no. I'll come back. I'll send a score in advance just so they can <laughs> exactly. get it for me. So I, I, have can it come here. Sing my, I can come sing my tenor one part. But that's what it represents to me. It's it's there. There's so many descriptors here that 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 Sean had listed. A wash of beautiful sound. Mm -hmm. Nice cadential features. Just... <sighs> overtones beautiful and striking it really is and these recordings they're recordings of us on youtube from our tour when we went to southern regional acda last february we made a few stops at a couple of churches and performed and that's one that's the clip we have here um and there is a, a recording that's there on the publisher's website that was a recording from 2019 i'm not in that one but i'm in um, all the others of course <laughs> And you but that's say, what it's my song it's my song so that's what then this i felt this was the right way to end this list this was the 12th piece and it's like a culmination of everything else like i've been i've grown from listening to majority pop music whether it's r&b soul or reggae music in jamaica through time my musical tastes evolved i was exposed to more things in the different settings i was in in high school came across the gospel and learned about choral music and was exposed to spirituals and Kathleen Battle and opera singers and opera singers doing different styles of music and then musicals and then up on studying voice learning musicals and operas and the hybrids and the kind of things you can do as a vocalist the different styles of singing you can achieve and how all of those inform one another and mm -hmm. then through all of that to the choral music being done at this level um, as opposed to choral music that I had been exposed to before that maybe was more about emotion and performance as opposed to musicality at this level in terms of tuning right. and um, building sonorities and um, just that level of polish. That's one thing that we were able to achieve now with the Southern Quran and with Cum Laude. There's just this level of of dexterity, this 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 level of flexibility in the sound. Yes, you can get this, we can get the English... Um, the English choir boy sound in some places, but we also have the depth and brightness to do spirituals and do them well. Right. Um, we we have the the depth to do gospel music and have its own like authentic black gospel, American gospel. We can do shape note songs and have them sound authentic, and that's really how broad now my um musicianship is because of my experiences, my growth, and my experience in the Southern Corral. So I thought this was the best way to end it, because this is where I am now. I have an appreciation for all of that development, all of these styles, these genres, because of where 
I've come from and how they now inform who I am. Uh, you know, and sometimes it takes time to learn that. But when you do, it sort of helps you to realize, you know, your best level of musicianship, which takes the songs that you had been performing probably pretty well, but it takes it to that next mm -hmm. level. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Indeed. And there were things that I might have been doing, because I, I had been teaching spirituals, I had been conducting choirs and doing competitions. And I was able to do some of these things, but now I have a better understanding of how to approach them, ways I can do those things more efficiently and um, in a more authentic way. All right. of those genres, all of those styles, I, I can now use the skills that I've gained over all these years and studying conducting with, who, with whom I've studied and really it informs my musicianship and how I can proceed from here. So I think this this has been a good a good hard um look into what has informed my musical taste and my musical mm -hmm. journey. And I, I I appreciate um you and Sean for inviting me back to do this because I had always said if I needed to put together this 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 playlist, I don't know what it would look like, but this forced me to sit down and think and, and agonize think it, yeah. over which is like, should I use this one or this one? Should it be Chicago or should it be um, Rent? Should it be this or this? Should it be Cum Laude or um, another um, one of the pieces that we did? And I had to choose something that would represent um, these periods in my life as opposed to just appreciating the song itself. Maybe mm -hmm. the next playlist can be, hey, these are just 10 songs that I love. And then we can- That could definitely be. And we would, love to, we would love to have you here for that. Um, so, you know, if you ever find yourself free again, you are more than welcome back to discuss it. So for this time, Hanif, I will say thank you from Sean and myself. Um, Sean actually texted me while we were sitting here and he was like, I'm so sorry. Um, and I told him I'd tell you it's, you know, he, he, he's sorry and, you know, he wanted to be here, but, you know, the concert went over. So um, I thank you very much. He thanks you. And we certainly look to have you back again. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime, let me know. I'll gladly come back. Thank you very much. And with that, for those listening, uh, stick around for the outro, and we will see you next time. All right, so that was... Let me just hit the stop recording button. You've been listening to Music Speaks, our interview with Hanif Lawrence. We thank him for his contributions to the podcast and all of you for listening. With that being said, my name is Hunter Sigona, and we will see you next time to discuss a musical. Remember to always keep listening to what you love. <laughs>